1: Coach Radio. That's audibletrial.com slash LifeCoachRadio. And now, here's today's show.
2: Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Making Inspired Choices with Coach Linda. I'm your host, Linda Stevens-Jones, a certified Christian life coach. I'm here to provide you some encouragement and uplift through my life coaching tips, and through authentic and inspiring guest interviews. A warm welcome to everyone who is with us today, and Merry Christmas. I always want to give a welcome and a thanks to all of you who are listening. I also like to uh, thank all of those who will listen to the show later. Those who are not with us live today, but who will listen to this broadcast as a download on iTunes or as a replay. So shout out to you all. Thank you for being with us whenever you're listening. I want to thank my last guest for a very inspiring and impactful interview, Colonel Curtis Taylor, U.S. Army retired. I believe Curtis may be on a Christmas cruise by now. But if you missed that broadcast, go back and listen to the December 6th show. Curtis had quite a story. Not only is he a retired Army colonel, but he's a musical genius, especially moved by his many gifts and talents and how he shares them with others so freely. So no matter who you are, particularly our male listeners out there, you will hear something in that interview that will touch you. Well, here we are with Christmas only days away. I don't know about you, but this year went incredibly fast for me. If you're like most, by this week in the year, it is full of last-minute must-dos, maybe some marathon gift-buying, But I thought to myself, we can't go through this season and I have a broadcast and we not discuss what Christmas means. So for today's topic, we're talking about what are you celebrating? What are you celebrating? I ask because, yes, the Christmas season, I know, Becomes a time of year unlike any other of gift buying, parties, lots of family, visiting, food, 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 secret Santas, photos with Santa, cookie baking, caroling, sending and receiving Christmas cards, Christmas trees, decorations, to private visitors, and on and on and on. <laughs> All of the trappings of the season. But just like we did on this show last year, I believe it's worth pausing to remember and express what we as believers are celebrating. Christmas is a time set aside to celebrate and remember the birth of Jesus Christ. We believe that he who came into the world in human form as an infant born to a virgin is the son of God. He was sent as it was foretold in the Old Testament of the Bible as the savior of mankind. I know today Christmas is celebrated by people all around the world, whether they are Christians or not. As I said, there are loads of festivities, fun, and rituals perpetuated over generations around Christmas. And the meaning of Christmas sometimes gets lost in all of our festivities and all of our fun and rituals. But in my view, it is only Christ It's only with Christ and through the birth of Jesus Christ from an eternity standpoint that there is cause for celebration at this time. The purpose of the baby Jesus' birth was for him to grow up on the earth into a man who would take on the sin debt of the world and die on a cross so that anyone who believes in him will have life in eternity with him. That miraculous birth is what I as a believer in Christ and Christians around the world are celebrating. So what are you celebrating this season? What are you celebrating? Let me, just, let me just say there's absolutely nothing wrong with enjoying all of the moments and pleasures and the things we pour into this time of the year, which I mentioned earlier. But today I'm inviting you to pause to recognize the far greater significance of this holy season. All of us have heard the song Silent Night. I just welcome you to, if you don't sing, just listen to the words of that beautiful song. It captures the very essence of this holy season. And here's another important question, specifically to our believers out there. What are you doing to share the meaning of Christmas with others? Mm. <laughs> I just shared it. And I pray it will give someone the nudge to begin to learn more about Christ. There are a plethora of resources. If nothing else, just Google the meaning of Christmas, Google why Christians celebrate Christmas. But as we go about our merriment as believers, let's not miss any opportunities to invite others to become aware of what we believe, what Christmas means to us, okay? I'll be asking my guests their thoughts on this topic as well. There are a couple that I am super excited to have with me today. Let me introduce them now. My guests today are Mel and Cecilia Mann. Mel and Cecilia have been married for 32 years and reside in Atlanta, Georgia. Mel is from Cincinnati, Ohio, and Cecilia is from Phoenix City, Alabama. She and I are (laughs) homegirls. We grew up there and went to school together. The Mans have one daughter, Patrice, who is in her last year of medical school. Mel graduated from Xavier University in Cincinnati with a bachelor's in public relations and journalism. He enjoys running and biking. While in the Army, Mel also received an MBA from Embry-Riddle Aeronautical University. He medically retired as a major from the Army in 1995, which he will tell you about today. Cecilia received her bachelor's in business administration from Morris Brown College in Atlanta. In addition to having been a full-time mom and a military spouse, she has been an active volunteer in community, school, and church activities. She also enjoys her book club, sewing, and gardening. Among their joint interests are American Sign Language, bridge, reading, traveling, advocating for bone marrow donations and recruitment, cancer research, and participating in fun runs. Melvin and Cecilia have served in various roles in their church to include deacons, Sunday school teachers, ushers, and sign language interpreters. So please join me now in welcoming Mel and Cecilia. Welcome uh, Mel and Cecilia to the Making Inspired Choices radio show. It's a great pleasure to have you
1: as my guest. same here. Thanks for having us.
0: Thank you so much, Linda.
2: I know that today your interview is going to give hope and encouragement, and I hope even challenge our listeners to make the kind of choices that move their lives forward. So let's get started. To let the audience learn more about you than what I shared in your bio, um, tell us what your growing up years were like. Cecilia, why don't you begin for us? What were your growing up years like?
0: Yes, Linda. Um, I have very fond memories of my growing up years. Um, as you said, we both grew up in Phoenix City, Alabama. That's a very small town, and I had the privilege of uh, living there with my mother and my father and my five siblings, and we actually lived on the edge of that town, and we were actually on a farm and it was such a wonderful experience because we were free to roam. Uh, We had (laughs) unstructured time to explore when we were not in school, and we were able to uh, just um, grow up together with our friends and um, just have some of the freedom, I think, that, um, and today that the kids don't have in terms of, mm-hmm. of just ex- exploring and growing with independence. And so it was it was a lovely time.
2: Oh, you bring back fond memories for me as well, Cecilia. Yeah. <laughs> How about you now then?
1: Well, I grew up in Cincinnati, Ohio, which is uh, pretty much opposite of uh, Phoenix City in that it's uh, a, <laughs> Urban area, big urban area, and um, as um, I grew up in a in a single parent household, and that my parents separated before I could uh, remember, mm-hmm. education was very important to my mother, and she made sure that I had a connection with the church also from an early age. I, I can still remember attending some of the Vacation Bible Study events when I was five or six.
2: Mm-hmm. I
1: uh, attended Walnut uh, Hills High School in Cincinnati, and I was the captain of the track and cross country teams. I was fairly good at running. When I was 15, I qualified for the Boston Marathon with uh, 20 minutes to spare, but I was too young to run it because uh, you had to be 18. Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, running and I uh, was a big part of uh, of my growing up. And, uh, yeah, Uh, that's pretty much uh, uh, in a nutshell.
2: Okay. Did
1: you uh, have siblings as
2: well? Did you have Uh, siblings as well?
1: Oh, yeah, I had uh, uh, one brother and a sister. I was the youngest. Uh, My brother was 15 years older than I was. Uh, Oh, okay. Yeah, my sister is uh, about three years older, so I was the baby.
2: I see. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, Tell us about a few of your core values as a family, Mel. What are the values that really guide your family life today?
1: Well, I could start off with uh, what I mentioned before. Was uh, education is a high Mm -hmm. priority, and I consider myself a lifelong learner, and that I Mm -hmm. like learning new things, and uh, whether it's a language or uh, pursuing something like uh, Tai Chi or or learning to become more proficient at swimming, uh, okay. uh, education is uh, very important. Uh, service and okay. uh, volunteering in the church and community and schools uh, is mm-hmm. um, is very important. Uh, you, uh, to who much is given, much is uh, expected, and I uh, like to yes. uh, follow that concept. Mm-hmm. and uh spirit out, uh being uh, spiritual in the church mm-hmm. um uh is is uh, very important and i'll let uh also cecilia share uh a few. you
0: yes, and also um, recreation is very important to us um and we uh, like to uh spend time together vacations doing fun run and uh relaxing also and humor is very important also. Trying to keep things light. <laughs>
2: yep, oh, uh, I
1: appreciate
0: that
2: greatly. Yeah.
1: hmm
2: Go ahead, ma'am. Making
1: sure there's a, a a balance of the mind, body and spirit components that uh mm. you don't get too still, burn out in any one area, but you you, you nurture the whole self.
2: I yeah. like that. Balance of the mind, body, spirit. Mm -hmm. Mm, maybe I'll adopt that going into the new year myself.
1: (laughs) Yes. Uh
2: Um, As I've already discussed with the audience today, um, with Christmas being less than a week away, uh, well, first, has the year gone incredibly fast for
0: you all like it has for me? (laughs) Yes, it has. (laughs) Yes,
1: yes. the older I get, the more I realize that, yes. (laughs) <laughs> but this year was it was so much going on that, yes, it has been a fast year.
2: Um, well, I want to talk with you all for a few moments about what this season most symbolizes for you. What is Christmas about?
0: Yeah, well, Linda, um, this season most symbolizes to us getting together with family and also just enjoying these activities that only happen during Christmas, whether it be visiting nativity scenes, going to Christmas concerts, the the decorations, and the getting together with family and fellowshipping. But, you know, most of all, we are mindful uh, to remember that as Christians, we know that Jesus is the reason for this season. And to celebrate, you know, to celebrate Jesus as our Savior, the birth of our Savior, is very important.
1: Yes, it is, um, it? I agree with that, yes. Mm-hmm. And the birth of Jesus Christ, uh, that's the, uh, the main reason for the season. Uh, for me, it's a time of the year to slow down. And it provides mm-hmm. the opportunity to rest, uh, almost to be uh, born again with fresh energy. Um, mm-hmm. To me, it means, you know, it's at the end of the year, so it's hope for the future as we move mm-hmm. into the new year. It's, it's like an opportunity for a new birth or a new beginning. And Absolutely. Um, as we, yes. Mm-hmm. And as we wind down, you know, we get out the movies uh, like... Uh, you know, how to Grinch stole Christmas and that type of stuff, Preacher's Wife, uh, uh, you know, Jingle All the Way, those type of movies and just, uh, you know, fellowship mm-hmm. with friends and family. Mm-hmm.
2: mm-hmm. I think it's wonderful for it to be a time that probably unlike any other, sometimes in the summer, but at the holidays that we pause, and I like how you said it's an opportunity for rebirth to slow down and and kind of really get ready to start Clean Slate again in the new yeah. year,
1: yeah not it? you know Go ahead,
2: man. Go ahead. Uh, man.
0: Uh,
1: you know, um, it's like a time like, like, like you want to like start your, your Bible reading plan. You know, you you, you might say, mm-hmm. well, oh, this year I want to read this particular part of the Bible and maybe go through the whole Bible in one year, you know, that type of thing.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a perfect time for that.
1: Mm -hmm. You
2: know, as you mentioned before about the balance of body, mind, and spirit, um, I would love to think that, you know, our listeners can take some seeds here and maybe figure out how, as they go into the new year, which is upon us uh, very quickly, how they're going to make sure they are feeding that spiritual side and not neglecting mm-hmm. that part of themselves.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm.
2: You know, the and this is, this is what I consider uh, just hopefully of value, is we pause now in this radio show for listeners, if, if at no other time, I just pause to recognize that this is about more than shopping and buying gifts and it's even about more than, you know, time with the people who we love the most in terms of family and friends, I just encourage, invite, nudge everybody out there listening to just take a breath and reflect upon that this is a season where we are celebrating the birth of uh, the Christ child. Who, in fact, changed all of mankind when he was born. So, but I, yeah. Mel, I particularly love that idea of, hey, this is a time we could consider starting a Bible reading plan and yes. uh, committing to learning and feeding our spiritual side for all of next year. Yes. So, thanks mm-hmm. for that. You're welcome. Well, you two. Um, are what I call a blessed, happy, and accomplished couple. Um, happy in that, you know, we've shared some great laughs together. So I know we share that love of humor, as Cecilia said, and and laughter. Um, but you all have been married for 32 years. That's that's a very long time. And
1: yes, uh-huh. I
2: I always say to guests that. You know, when people see you in your day-to-day life, moving around, doing what you do, I imagine that some of them may see you today and they can't imagine that even you all have had challenges or low points in your life that you've had to walk through. But I find that everyone has, you know, a period where, you know, life has virtually stopped them in their tracks, so to speak. Um, Do you all relate to that as well?
1: Uh, Yes. Um, uh, I've had my, I I would call that like a a Job experience. And Mm. um, uh, the most challenging experience was uh, 22 years ago when I had, um, I was given three years to live. I was given a terminal Mm. prognosis of uh, uh, terminal leukemia. And uh, that was very challenging. And uh, of course, a diagnosis like that would put you in shock. I was 37 years old. And uh, our daughter um, was five years old at the time. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, that meant that uh, if the prognosis was right, then she would only be eight years old. Um, You know, um, if I should uh, uh, pass. And mm-hmm. uh, I can remember vividly Cecilia and I were just teaching her how to ride uh, her little pink bike that she got for Christmas, and she still had one training wheel on. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, I was just trying to see what I could remember when uh, I was that age. And, uh, you know, that was a very trying experience. Uh, and uh, there was no cure uh, well, the only possible cure was a bone marrow transplant, and um, none of my family members matched, and nobody on the national registry matched. Oh uh, so man. We, Yeah.
2: Now, Mel, before you go further, because I, mm-hmm. I will say, audience, I have the, uh, I have the privilege of knowing, uh, Mel and Cecilia's story. Um, tell us again. You were diagnosed with. Tell us. Tell us
1: that it's, again. It, Yeah, it's it's called chronic myeloid leukemia, uh, CML. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And um, that was in nineteen January
2: 1995. Okay. And,
1: and uh, yes.
2: And you said you had a, a bone marrow transplant would have been the only option,
1: but yes, there was no. that no drugs and no other therapy. And um a bone marrow transplant was uh, risky also in that uh you know, your body could reject the the uh, donors marrow and then you would um mm. uh die fairly quickly, um, mm. uh, if you rejected it. Um so But you said it, even it, yeah. if
2: there wouldn't there were no matches?
1: Uh, no, there was nobody on the marrow registry who matched my um, uh, my chromosomes or, or the DNA that is uh, needed to be uh, a match because uh, um, the um, what they were looking for is really someone in your own ethnic group because mm-hmm. marrow determines what your hair looks like, what your skin mm-hmm. color, your hair color, your, your you know, a whole bunch of stuff. I mean. Mm-hmm. Way down to the deepest level. And you really have to be like a There's like 10 things you look for, and you have to be a perfect match. Or you would have some difficulties, and you, your body would um, reject the, the, um, the marrow with that mm-hmm. graft properly.
2: And so you you had to listen to the news that there was no match, and you were 37 years old.
1: With yes. a five year old. Right. Mhm. And it was like a slow process, you know, you, you have the initial um diagnosis that the doctor tells you and then you go home and you wonder how you're gonna tell your wife and your mother and um and then you know, they go out and get tested. The family goes out and get tested, it takes a while for those results to come back and then mm-hmm. it says no, they're not a match and then you check the the national registry and it takes a couple of days for that to come back, and you no know, match. So it's really blow after blow. Mm. And mm. Uh, this was 22 years ago, so the Merrill registry was fairly uh, almost a new concept. Mhm. Now, what, so was, the, what was? Yeah.
2: What was going through your mind and heart? Do you can you remember what you were Thinking, feeling at
1: that time. Um, well, at the time of the diagnosis, I was in like shock. It was like, um, like I had like uh, a bad lottery ticket or something, and I, you mm-hmm. know, checking the number to see if uh, somehow the number was wrong or, mm-hmm. or you know, you, you 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 might get a a paperback with a. Or the grade that you thought might be higher and in 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 you know, it's just that that's your grade that you got um, mm. or uh, it was like really you know, I was in shock I can remember uh, hearing this loud ticking sound uh, in the doctor's office really? and uh, I realized that it was the clock ticking uh, wow. and uh, uh, I felt like I was underwater too, just sinking down into the couch so yeah, that that's that's you know that that then I realized that's what shock really is. This this mm-hmm. must be shock mm-hmm. that I'm in.
0: Yes, and uh imagine it yeah. Be, yeah, and imagine this happening, um, actually during the holiday season. Uh, Mel had is his death right? gone. Um, yes, Mel had. We were living in Michigan. And um, we traveled home, you know, to Phoenix City uh, for the holidays. Mm -hmm. But before Mel left, he had a test because of his pain in his back. And Mm -hmm. we came back home and, you know, uh, full of holiday cheer and, you know, visiting with family. And he reported to work the next day and swung by the clinic to get the results. And then he was hit with that news. And I thought it was strange that he came back home about, 30 or so minutes after he had just left, and I'm thinking, what did he leave? And when mm-hmm. he came in, his face was so sullen, I knew something was alright. He asked me to sit on the couch. Mm-hmm. And then when he delivered the news that he had cancer, I, like him, just went into a really a clinical shock. I know it's a clinical mm-hmm. shock now because everything slowed down. Mm-hmm. The whole world stopped. Mm-hmm. And it was such a blow. We were married almost 10 years, and he's already told you about Patrice and the age that she was, and you're never expecting mm-hmm. anything like that. And right. And, wow. and it, it was just, as he said, one blow after another until we came to the point that we knew he had to um, have a marrow transplant in order to live, and if he didn't get it, Within that three years, that was it. So that's what we were facing.
2: So in that three years, you are hopeful about a, a match? Are you? What are you feeling in that time period?
1: Well, um, I would have to go out and find my own match. And uh, I was advised against that uh, just to... Uh, to save my energy for dealing with the uh, diagnosis and
0: mm-hmm. um, yeah, and the care. But, you know, Linda, um, once, um, you know, we prayed to God, and we knew God knew our circumstances, and uh, mm-hmm. we decided to do what we could do, and God would do the mm-hmm. rest. And for us, hearing about, bone marrow transplants being a cure to cancer was very new to us. And then Mm -hmm. we found out about there wasn't that many uh, people on the list, and when his family members didn't match, we set about going, as Mel was saying, getting ready to say, to go out and start some drives, educate some people, on the need for marrow matches and help to build up the register and just knowing Mm -hmm. that and trusting God would deliver the rest.
2: That's a strong faith you all had.
1: Oh, thank you. Um,
2: Yeah, that's that's, a... mm -hmm. You know, everybody, as, as we hear sometimes, it's easy to have faith when everything's going well. But when yeah. you are really tried in the fire, and you're staring something this grave in the face, yeah. to have faith—that's—that's that's really powerful. I—I I must say.
0: Yeah, it, um, it, it, that's a blessing of having a Christian faith.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, as you look back, well, no. Now, continue to tell how you got. I mean, obviously something worked.
1: Uh, yeah. Tell us. Okay. Uh, so Twenty-two when years I, later,
2: you're still here. Thank God.
1: Yes. Okay. Uh, so what happened was I con- contacted the, the Red Cross and I told them that I wanted to start doing some marrow drives, and they sent me letters. You know, like I said before, saying that no one's ever found their own marrow donor. And mm-hmm. they suggested that I spend my time just adjusting to the medical treatments. Uh, but if I wanted to go ahead, they they would work with me. So I um, uh, also during this time I had uh, requested a second opinion uh, from Walter Reed Medical Center up in Bethesda.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And while I was up in Bethesda, I went by the 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 Department of Defense mural Foundation. And mm-hmm. um, I asked, I told them I wanted to start doing some marrow drives, and um, uh, I I just sensed that this was uh, my calling, that uh, there was mm-hmm. some type of um, reason that uh, I had this particular illness, and not some illness that you know I could just keep quiet and come out and, mm-hmm. and fight and, and emerge triumphantly. Um, mm-hmm. So I I lent my face and time to these marrow drives and. Uh, the first drive was with my coworkers, and we had 350 people uh, to um, uh, stick out their arm and give a small uh, amount of blood to see if they were a match. Mm-hmm. Now, these mm-hmm. days, all you have to do is do a cheek swab. It's much easier. Right. But back then, it, it took mm-hmm. a long time, so like 350 people would take take forever, Well it would take like a, a day, and... Mm-hmm. Um, we had some really big drives. We had um, um, like one drive was set the world record uh, that I was I played a little part in, and it was, we had like ten thousand people. And uh, that wow. took uh, that was at Fort Bragg, and that took took all week uh, for them me, to test those folks. Yes.
2: Let me uh, clarify. You you mentioned you had gone to the American Red Cross, but then you went to. Uh, within the military's hospital system, where did uh, yeah. where did your initiated drives take place?
1: Uh, both my my drives were like American Red Cross would do the civilian drives.
0: Oh okay. And,
1: and yeah, and then the the military would do they would do civilians, but they would do mostly military because it cost like maybe like a hundred dollars each to test these to test to, test see. to see if you know, if there were donors. So there was certain I funding, see. yes, and um did that for three years.
2: And at Perhaps the I end it, of three years? I did it for a long number,
1: yeah. At the end of three years, um, uh, I still didn't find a donor. But meanwhile, while wow, about a year in, in 1996, mm-hmm. I was at a drive, and uh, this guy came up to me. He had seen uh, me on television Advertising for the drive, mm-hmm. and uh, he he was he said these drives are great, uh, but he recommended that I go to MD Anderson, and uh, because he he had leukemia too, a different type,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and he had said he had been near death, and uh, he was brought back and he was doing fine, and uh, mm. he gave me the contact information. And uh, I called out the MD Anderson and, and um, talked to the doctor, the nurse. They picked up the phone, and uh, that was like very uh, unusual because that's the only time they picked up the phone in 20 years that I could call straight to them. <laughs> and uh, they 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 told me to come on out, and uh, I got a um, one of those corporate angel jets to fly me out there, and I uh, and went out and uh talked with the doctor and he looked over my records very carefully and
0: did and you and then go
1: he sent to
2: uh, Washington State or which where did you go oh, to no, the this, this
1: is in, this is in Houston, Houston, Texas, in the Houston. headquarters. Okay. Yeah, the mm-hmm. University of okay. Texas Medical Center. Uh yes. Mm-hmm. And um he um I said, you know, we still have time and uh, he's gonna put me on experimental drug after experimental drug and that you know we're going to fight this aggressively, and okay. um, that's what we did. And um, I tried drug after drug, and then about the a uh, third year, I still had not found a match, and uh, I was starting to get frail, and uh, and I would wake up in the morning feeling like I had not been to sleep, mm. and uh, even after a good night's sleep, I had not. I didn't feel rested, and Mm -hmm. um, I went to him and I was asking him about some more, some more drugs. He said, "Well, there's this one drug, but uh, we're still working on it. It's it's close, uh, but um, it's not approved yet uh, to be uh, tested in humans." Mm -hmm. Um, So, about eight months later, uh, they got the MD Anderson got their approval to, to uh, use the drug. And um, I was the second person on that drug. And what the drug did was it slowly started changing my marrow back to normal. And um, it put the uh, leukemia into complete remission. And then Eight um months
2: after you contacted um, know, MD Anderson, no. you said they put you on the drug?
1: Uh, no, it was about, or- um, I contacted MD Anderson in 19... 19- uh 96 Mhm. So this was in uh and I was started going to MD Anderson in 1996. This was August of 1998 and I was past my okay. 3 years. I was like 3 years and 8 months. So this was like oh. critical.
0: Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And Melvin had been on two I think unsuccessful clinical trials. He spent uh, about a year on two unsuccessful trials. Yes,
1: and, and doing these clinical trials, I, I would have to go stay at MD Anderson. I, I stayed for this this drug for for nine weeks at uh, MD Anderson, and mm-hmm. you know, as they tested and uh, and get the results back and, and and see how what the side effects were and, and mm-hmm.
0: yeah,
1: you know, if it was any better than the the other drug. And um, so, mm-hmm.
2: after three years and eight months that when you got to use the, uh, or you, they got approval for this?
1: Yes. Yes. This drug.
2: Mm-hmm. What was that drug? Yes.
1: And the drug is called Gleevec, uh, G-L-E-E-V-E-C. Gleevec. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And uh, so currently I am So they got I'm approval? No, yeah. Yes.
2: I, I'm sorry, go ahead, Mel. I
1: was going say like, currently I'm the longest living person in the world on that drug.
2: So you still take it now?
1: Yes, I take it, um it's like a um a maintenance so what they did uh-huh. was they, they turn they turned a fatal disease into a chronic disease. And mm-hmm. there are people that have been uh able to come off the drug and that's what they're doing mm-hmm. nowadays. They're having trials and 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 um and they're trying to see can people come off the drug if they've been in a long-term remission.
2: Mm-hmm. And how soon after starting that drug did you go into remission?
1: Well, the, the drug started working um almost immediately. Um, really yeah, I I started the drug in August of 98 and by May of 1999, I ran a 26-mile marathon in Alaska.
2: Say so, that again now, from what time uh, to what time.
1: So, I want uh, our audience uh, to hear that. <laughs> yes, uh, I started the drug in August of 1998, and then uh-huh. May of 1999, I ran a 26.2 marathon in Anchorage, Alaska.
2: Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. so
1: I was back up to speed. Mm-hmm. And before that, I remember... Um. um I was almost too weak to um, do anything. I looked out my mm-hmm. hotel room, uh, and, and um, early 1998, and uh, I said, I "Think I'll go run down to the corner," and uh, that was a, that was hard to do, one block, but uh, yeah. Really? Yeah.
2: This drug was like a miracle drug for you.
1: Oh, yes. Mm, right.
0: Absolutely. Yeah.
1: In fact, I remember uh, telling the story uh, before that there was this lady who was in this wheelchair that uh, was also on the trial that I was on. hmm
2: mm-hmm.
1: And um, we used to, like, uh, wait out in the, in the waiting room to see the doctor with all the other trial patients. And uh, I remember one day... This lady walking out of the doctor's office and kind of like knocked me over almost and then uh she walked by me uh sprinted past me, and then I realized that that was the lady who was in the in the wheelchair, <laughs> yeah, wow. and that's when I knew that uh that this drug was was going to work. Wow,
2: Pat is an amazing, amazing turn of mm-hmm. Of uh, Circumstances
0: So what
2: What um, You know you all have already mentioned That faith Was something that you held to And you prayed about Even from the very beginning Um, Say a little more About how You know your faith and prayer Maybe helped you to get through this journey I don't want to I don't want to assume that, but just as you went over that three years and eight month period
0: well well, yeah, yeah, well, yes, it did, and it was just a continuous process, Linda uh, we continued to pray, we had a wonderful friend and family who kept encouraging us and praying for us, our church family mm-hmm. help, and mm-hmm. um, I can't. Um, overemphasize how participating in, in the marriage drives and the recruitment and the education, all of that just helped to give us something to calm our anxieties and something to work on. Because mm-hmm. not only uh, could it possibly help male, but definitely other people. And we felt that that's what God wanted us to do at this time. Melvin keeps working mm-hmm. on his health and he could use us to um, educate and bring more people on the drive because there, while Melvin didn't receive a marrow match, there were other people that did, and their life was saved. And so that brought us joy because we were here. Yes, Mm -hmm. and we were here about these people. So we continued on that path until and held on to hope until Melvin received that miracle of being on a successful clinical trial that um, was nowhere in the makings uh, when he was diagnosed. Yeah.
1: And, yes. and faith, it, it helps keep keeps you calm, which is important mm-hmm. in any struggle. In, in mm-hmm. faith, with faith, it, it, it gives you hope. And you definitely need hope when you're dealing with cancer. I don't see how anyone can Mm -hmm. make it without faith or hope. And Mm -hmm. um, if you lose hope, to me, it's over. And that's why I never uh, take away anyone's hope. I don't care what they're doing. I like to keep them encouraged and and, and Mm -hmm. give them hope. You know, only God knows the future.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um,. Well, I love that you all ended up being facilitators. And and uh God used you for greater purposes in finding help for Mel, Mel's uh uh condition and sounds like he allowed you all to be instrumental in other people's lives being saved.
0: Amen. Yes. Amen.
1: Mm-hmm. All right. And that was encouraged that by other huge. fighters too yes
0: mm.
2: that that is uh that's that's a miraculous testimony, and audience, I hope you are you know really taking in that even when you're going through, God can use you to help or to be a blessing or to be a source for someone else. So that that is so powerful. Um, you've shared some very personal things that have happened in your life, and I believe it's giving someone out there listening a lot to reflect upon in their own lives. I want to ask if you you know if you knew there's someone out there listening who can relate to you going through. You know, what what I call sometimes a valley moment, you know, where you come stark face-to-face with, you know, your mortality. Um, someone who's gone through some real-life challenges and they can relate to what you're going through or what you went through, but they may not have the kind of relationship with Christ in order to really rely on their faith. What would you say to them?
1: Uh, well, it, it's a personal relationship. You start from where you are. You, you don't mm-hmm. have to replicate someone else's style. You just give it time and, and find something that fits. You might mm-hmm. find you start reading some scriptures and find your favorite scriptures uh, uh, about healing or, or whatever that particular event is in your life. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, it's you're not gonna start off perfect it's like going to the gym you can't you can't not go you know you know i'm not gonna go to the gym because i don't look good and everybody else Mm -hmm. looks better Mm -hmm. you never you never get in shape or or get better if if that's what you waited for so you just Mm -hmm. progressively uh you know try to improve and take one day at a time
0: Yes, and also um, to remember that with faith the size of a mustard seed, God can move mountains.
1: Oh,
2: that's one of my favorite scriptures, Cecilia. It's one of my favorites. So we don't even have to have, like, um, the most mature faith at the beginning. We can just think, can I just take one tiny step of belief?
0: Yes, right. yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and with that tiny step, none, I think that is enough for that person. Um, don't let doubt hold you back because anyone mm-hmm. who comes to God will be received.
2: Beautifully said, Cecilia, beautifully said. In fact, um, I want to just footstomp that to our audience. Is there are any of you out there listening who may not have the kind of relationship with Christ that if some major upheaval happens in your life and you don't know Christ, you don't know how to reach out to Christ, that just taking the tiniest step of faith, you know, and starting where you are, as Mel said, it's enough, and he will receive you. He will receive you. And he, in time, can grow your faith to be... um, a person who will share your testimony and draw others to Christ, even we all yes. start out with that tiny, tiny faith, don't we? <laughs>
0: yes, we do, and yes, mm-hmm. we do.
2: well <clears throat> i just I just thank you both for everything you've already shared. I want to invite our listeners to get in on this conversation. I want to hear what 's on your mind, listeners um we're talking about walking through quite uh, a challenging journey that the mans have walked up to, walked through, and they are on the other side able to share it with you. Um, And we're talking about pausing and recognizing the true meaning of Christmas. So if you'd like to... Uh, share a comment, or you have a question, I'd love for you to join us by calling at one 716 9397 That number, again, is one six four six 716 I'm going to continue our conversation as we see if there are any callers out there. Um, Mel and Cecilia, just looking in the rearview mirror, you know, when you look back at what your circumstances were back then to where you are today, what what is it like to have that kind of look back? What comes to mind?
0: Well, it's, it's a little surreal um, just to mm-hmm. think that He is still here with us. He's still part of this family, heading up this family with every anniversary. Mm -hmm. It's a wonderful moment of celebration with every milestone that happens um, in Patrice's life. Uh, It just calls for great celebration. And Mm -hmm. it's, it's um, it's just amazing, Linda, to be in the middle of a miracle and to see that you know it can happen, and just mm-hmm. never, never give up faith. It's never over till it's over, and always keep never faith over God.
2: till it's over.
0: Mm-hmm. Right,
1: right. I I feel blessed and highly favored. Uh, you know, like Cecilia said, it's a miracle, and I I can see the hand of God in this. So, uh, you know, and you prepare for the worst, and you hope for the mm-hmm. best. It, it, it rains on on the good and the bad, so you, you really don't always know the outcome. But um, mm-hmm. in this particular case, uh, I'm blessed and um, I'm thankful for that.
2: Amen. Well, I would have to agree that you are blessed and highly favored, and uh, you know what I what I recognize is what I'm hearing of your story is God had greater purposes um, for you to contend with. So you were an instrument, in fact, weren't you?
1: Absolutely. Right. And, and you know, mm-hmm. I didn't know what the purpose was. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I, I could have uh, um, left here uh, you know, at the three-year mark, and I think I would still mm-hmm. been blessed in a way in that, uh, from the drives, other lives were saved. It wasn't just the only my life that was saved, but you know the drives mm-hmm. generated a lot of matches for, for other folks. And uh, there were other people out there helping me and other people with leukemia doing drives. So I wasn't the only one out there. Where we provided support and, and encouragement to each other. And mm-hmm. uh, I'm thankful that all, all those folks were out there uh, and family and, and, and friends and support groups and churches and, and uh, the, the military, just everybody, the doctors, they were just uh, uh, out there working just as hard as I was. Mm.
2: Well, I can, I can only imagine the ripple effect of people whose lives have been touched watching how you dealt with you know, your Valley moment people who saw the faith that you took into it, how you persevered through still relying on your faith. that That is, in fact, remarkable in terms of the impact over who knows how many people, who knows how many.
0: Yes, even now people will come up to us when they learn about Melvin's story and they will say, I had no idea. I had no idea. The ones who yeah. actually, yeah, we met. And uh, after he had uh, started on the Gleevec and the Gleevec had turned around his cancer and made it manageable, because uh, mm-hmm. Mel just kept on with life. He kept doing the things that you would normally do in terms of going out with hobbies and activities and going back to school. And, you know, we just mm-hmm. tried to create a, a, a continue to have a, a stable environment for Patrice. And um, really she didn't know how serious it was. And that was not by mm-hmm. accident. That was a plan. Um, mm-hmm, on his many trips to um out to MD Anderson Cancer Center in Houston. You know, I stayed back here with her. I was a full-time mom, so I could do that. And Mm -hmm. so she always had that support. And in contact with her dad, over the phone at one time, um, she remarked that she thought dad was going on vacation. (laughs) because. He would call her back, and you know, around treatments. He would go and explore the city and tell us about it. And, um, you know, we're big uh, amusement park fans, and they had amusement park out there, downtown. He felt like he might go. So she really did. She thought he was on vacation. And so that was Mm -hmm. one of the things that um, I was most grateful that we were able to to do and keep in place Mm -hmm. for
1: her. Mm-hmm. Now, it's not something that I think about all the time, it, because you know, this story happened a long time ago. It's ongoing, but uh, it's not something that I'm thinking about all the time. In fact, mm-hmm. uh, um, you know, we we're talking 22 years, and, and uh, a few years back, uh, this guy asked me you know, about my, my story. My life, whatever I mentioned about the leukemia and the stuff, and then he said, "No, you got a story to tell. You, you, you should tell somebody." And uh, so, about three or four years ago, about three years ago, I, I just kind of brought it back up, and uh, and it's gotten back out there.
2: Oh, beautiful. Well, I know um, whether listeners call in or not. I know that this story, the power of this story, is going to travel. I invite people who are listening today, please share the link. Let, um, you know, that be one of the ways that you give someone else because we don't know who needs to hear about this amazing walk of faith. So share the link. Let others also know that even in 2016, even in the century, miracles are happening.
1: Yes, I yeah, want, it's definitely miracles.
2: Yeah, I want to I'm going to give out the number again, um, and then I want to give you to the opportunity to talk about your amazing daughter. Um, audience, if you have a comment or a question, um, and as I said that, we have a caller. Let me go to our caller at 703 um, caller at 495 prefix. press one and you're on live with us. Oh.
0: Caller at 703... Yes. Yes, caller, go ahead. I just wanted to call in. Uh, Linda, I wanted to thank you so much for your show, and I wanted to thank oh. the couple that you have today, uh, Melvin and Cecilia, dear, dear friends, and um, a couple of faith, and um, we just truly are blessed to to know them and to know their story. Mm. Hi, Beverly. Oh. Hi there, how are you? Hi. <laughs>
1: And, and, and one, also I'll say this one thing About uh, Bev and, uh, and Her husband Rick uh, They were very um, uh, Big Encouragers along this uh, journey In fact uh, uh, Rick um, He signed up to be A donor for me but he was a donor A bone marrow donor for somebody else And uh, hmm. uh, I had the opportunity to see him Go through the process And uh, he, he's actually a uh, a big hero, uh for, for, for myself. And uh yeah, oh, wow. you, know, you meet folk like that that out there, very courageous individuals and uh you know, just unselfish and and uh just giving back and you know, mm-hmm. that that's the beauty of this thing.
0: Yes, and that's what definitely kept us encouraged and um kept giving us hope. Oh and we beautiful. love the guy. <laughs> we love you guys. Bev, thank
2: you so much for calling. Um and frankly thank you for um being a conduit to me inviting the mans to be on the show. Uh thank you so much. We appreciate thank you, Bev. Thank you. God yeah. bless
0: you guys. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, thank God bless. You. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Mm-hmm. Happy New Year. Bye-bye. 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 Bye-bye.
2: Um Ladies and gentlemen, uh, the number, again, if you'd like to get in on this conversation, is one six four six 716 We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear your thoughts, questions, anything you'd like to share. Um, I want to, uh, even before I give Mel and Cecilia the opportunity, I want to say They have, in my book, a rock star daughter. She is beautiful. She is super smart. Um, Just a lovely spirit about her. So I'm one of her biggest fans, but I'll let... uh, Cecilia, why don't we start with you? Tell us
0: some about Patrice. Um, uh, Patrice, Um. she's She's a wonderful daughter. she's a wonderful person. She is inspirational to me uh I just enjoyed having the privilege of uh being her mom, being her full time mom, or oh, watching her grow, watching her curiosity unfold watching her grow spiritually and mm. just mature into a, a beautiful young lady.
2: Hmm. Yeah, I, she,
1: she's um, always Yeah.
2: Go ahead, Mel. i I'm sorry.
1: Uh she's always uh, been there to cheer me up. Uh, um and um we, we bonded um uh, we, we both like to read. So even like when she was like 5 years old, she was always like carrying a book and I was carrying a book too so we uh <laughs> we bonded like that and on the weekends you know, we hit like uh just uh a used bookstore and we go to the Barnes and Noble and and then uh, go by the library and, and get our books and uh uh we we just uh, both enjoyed reading and uh, uh she uh, grew up and she did well in school as we as we said before she uh, went to Harvard uh, for undergraduate school and then uh uh she uh she's in her last year in medical school and um we she are very proud of her. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes.
2: And what is her what is her specialty going to be in medicine?
0: Psychiatry.
2: Mm-hmm. Awesome. Now um do you all think that your journey um, Impacted her deciding to go into medicine. I'm just curious.
1: It's possible. Um, you know, we she was around a lot of hospitals uh, too because mm-hmm. uh, I mean she usually had a lot of the, the marrow drives, and uh, so it, it's possible. I remember when she was in the first grader, her, her teacher uh, crushed me because she said, you know, Patricia said something about her dad has leukemia or something, so. Uh mm. I'm not sure if the teacher really believed it, but uh, uh, once we spoke with her, you know, she 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 understood, uh, and this was in the first grade, so uh, wow. that's always been present.
0: Yes, and even after Melvin,
1: uh, his disease
0: had been turned into a chronic disease. As we said, we continue to be involved with the different. Uh, marrow drives and leukemia team and training and mm-hmm. leukemia lymphoma society. Yes,
1: we, we still do work for them. I, I still um, do a lot of promotion on my um, on my Twitter site um, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, still are in contact with a lot of people who are looking for donors and helping them out. Oh. And, oh uh Okay. Yeah. So that's that. Uh, once you. Experience something like that, you, you don't forget it. So, you know how those people felt. Uh, mm-hmm. So, you know you've you've been in their shoes somewhat. So, uh, mm-hmm. you just do all you can to help to help them out. Because uh, I've been there before.
0: Yes, and yeah. I'm, I'm sure Luna did have some impact. Um, she's always been um, interested in psychology. Um, Mm-hmm. In high school and beyond, and that she combined medicine with it was you know just even the more better for us you know absolutely mhm, in terms of what her career would be because she knows she would be uh able to help people, and uh it's just wonderful um that um, she will be completing her medical degree next year and um Starting with her psychiatry residency. After that, so we we really look forward. We really, really, really we really are looking forward to her continuing her journey with her career. Mm. I suspect that's probably.
2: If I asked you uh what are you most looking forward to in 2017? <laughs> <Yes. laughs> I yes. have a hunch <laughs> of Patrice's
1: graduation. All right. Yeah. Uh, There's a couple of things. Uh <laughs> I I I, I turned 60 next year. Uh so I, okay. I was diagnosed I was diagnosed when I was 37. So, you know, that's a big that's mm-hmm. a big thing because I wasn't supposed that's to I was supposed to make 40, I'm, I'm going to be Turn
0: yeah.
2: 60 Amen Praise the Lord mm. Yes That is a big thing To look mm. forward to
1: Very good um, When is your
0: birthday,
2: Mel?
1: It's in April It's in uh-huh. April Well Yes
2: We will definitely need to give you a shout out That is Okay That yeah. is Okay, huge. April 12th That is a- April, April 12th April 12th Yes and That is huge mm-hmm. Um I want to also, I just have to mention, um, I am, my husband and I are both bone marrow donors, and with this couple on the show, ladies and gentlemen, I just invite you, if bone marrow, um, being a bone marrow donor is not something that draws you, I just invite you to find some way that uh, you can impact the lives of others. You know, in some powerful way, just by by offering, by lending your support to a cause, it is the most fulfilling thing in the world to feel that you are uh, behind the scenes, if you will, or in a leadership role, focused on uh, doing something for the greater good. So, I wanted to get that in. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: um, can I add something real quick on that? Is absolutely. that absolutely? Um, it, it's free uh to be a a bone marrow donor, you can order your um, free swab at home kit from BeTheMatch.org, the mm-hmm. and uh, they will send a kit to you at your house and all uh, you do is do a cheek swab cheek swab and send it back in
2: say that say that uh site again please
1: uh BeTheMatch.org. the be the right
2: bethematch.org.
1: and but dot org yes and they're looking mainly for people who are age 18 through 44. Okay. Uh, but they can go higher, but that's the optimum age.
2: Okay. Audience, if you have uh, a desire for more information or interest or you're willing to consider, be the is the website. Pass the word. Um, as we begin to wrap up our show today, um, I'd love to hear as you all look to the future. What do you feel or do you feel something that the Holy Spirit is nudging you to do?
0: What well, things the, are
2: percolating in your spirit?
0: Mm-hmm. Go um, ahead, Cecilia. One is to continue to work with the Maradona Recruitment and Leukemia uh Society and okay. to yes and to continue to um, use ourselves and our faces to speak out because Mel has such a powerful story. And when we meet people and they are newly diagnosed then, you know, mm-hmm. they want to talk to him. And sometimes uh, friends of ours who have friends or family members mm-hmm. that are newly diagnosed uh, ask Mel to what he call them, and he, and he does. So it's nothing like seeing mm-hmm. someone who has come out successfully on the other end to give mm-hmm. a person hope. That's and, uh,
1: quite a me. beautiful
2: mission. Yeah.
1: Go ahead, Mel. You know, I would like to... Um, uh, write this down and, and get it in book form So that's um, yes. mainly What I feel The urge to do
2: Oh wonderful mm-hmm. Wonderful Keep us posted on that I sure will Absolutely I would encourage you I would uh, love to have you back As that work is in progress On the show Yes, yes. Okay Um I'd like to, with this being the end of the year, I'd like to look back for a moment and at 2016, and have you all tell us what's been one of your most valuable lessons uh, of 2016. Um, Mel, you go first.
1: I guess um, pretty much what we have uh, talked about so far is how how a story can affect someone else's lives. Life mm-hmm. and um, it, you may think that your story is just ordinary, but it may help someone else. So uh, mm-hmm. th- that's a lesson to to not be afraid to to tell your story. And um, you know, a lot of times people say, "Well, my story is, doesn't matter. You know, it's not important, mm-hmm. or who's going to listen, mm-hmm. or or whatever." But I think it's important to to get your story out there.
0: Yes, and sometimes the farther away you get from your story, like Mel, you begin to uh, not see it in the powerful, potent way that it is until you do share. Yeah, and someone mm-hmm. says, wow, you're kidding, you know. So, yes. So that, that that is very important and in 2016, you know, I I did a class reunion and it was such a wonderful feeling because I got a chance to reunite with people and fellowship with some people I hadn't seen in a while and some people mm-hmm. were not able to make it, you know, and some people mm-hmm. were not mm-hmm. alive to make it. So, mm-hmm. it's just good to embrace the day and embrace friends and family because you never know. How long mm-hmm. you might have with them And you would hate to regret What you could have done Could have said
2: mm-hmm. Amen Amen It's so true You know Living I'd rather live with uh, Plans and actions Than to live with regret yes. you know, I greatly appreciate Where you're coming from with that Um I want to give you all a chance to share any just a parting words with our listeners before we wrap up the show. Um, uh, Cecilia, why don't you go first?
0: Yes, i like to uh, uh, share with the listeners um, what I've learned from this experience. Um, when you're faced with some type of challenge and you're praying to God, sometimes you ask Him for a particular thing but then just be Mm -hmm. open to where he might take you to actually resolve it. Uh, uh, As in Mm -hmm. Mel's case, uh, we thought the only um, cure or way for him to live was a marrow transplant. And Mm -hmm. we did set about the recruitment uh, process and education, and that I feel is definitely what God wanted us to do then, and he Mm -hmm. wanted us to continue. But it was so interesting to me that, what actually saved his life was a clinical trial. So mm-hmm. just always be open. In in other words, as we pray at the end of our prayer, Lord, your week will be done.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. And like, like Cecilia was saying, is that we thought this um, healing would come from a bone marrow transplant, but I never found a donor. And mm-hmm. my healing came from a drug that uh, we like to say it was only a gleam in some researchers' eye. At the time that I was diagnosed, and mm-hmm. I guess my important words would be, is to stay strong and to keep your head mm-hmm. up, because a lot of times when you in a bad situation, you kind of slump over and you you feel mm-hmm. like depressed or whatever. But you know, stand up, mm-hmm. you know, keep your head up and and you know, be strong and keep moving, because you never hey, know man. what tomorrow will bring. Mm-hmm.
2: Keep strong, keep your head up, and keep moving.
0: Always keep hope
2: Amen And hope I mean That message will resonate With someone out there I thank you all so much For being my guest And I believe that what you shared Thank you you for having us You are very welcome It's been my pleasure I believe that what you shared Will result in someone Making inspired choices In their lives so let me just ask Mel
0: and Cecilia, do you have any shout outs before we close the show today? Oh shout outs to everyone who was involved in the in the marrow donation process, involved in any way that has helped extended Melvin's life, friends, family church yeah, people. Right. Oh wow.
1: The the countless strangers.
0: Yeah. Um
1: yeah, you know, so many people. Um, mm. And and I and seriously mean it too because uh, with our journey, you know, the help comes from people that you don't even see.
0: Yes, and organizations, mm-hmm. American mm-hmm. Cancer Society. Oh yes, definitely.
1: Uh, MD Anderson yeah. and the American Cancer Society.
0: Mm-hmm. They came me
1: on team and training. Yes.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, thank you both. Thank you mm-hmm. both for just pouring your hearts out with us today. Uh, it has truly been a pleasure to have you as my guest. Thank you so so much.
0: much. It's been a pleasure being on your show, Linda.
2: Thank you. And to our listeners out there, thank you for tuning in during this very busy time of the year. Thank you to our caller. I hope each of you will join me for my next broadcast in the new year, Tuesday, January 3rd, right here at 12 noon Eastern. I'm excited that I will have a panel of my past and current coaching clients. They have agreed to be my guests. I'm going to ask them to give you some frank feedback on what they have gotten out of Christian coaching. I can't wait to hear myself what they have to say. (laughs) I hope you'll join us. Ladies out there, here's my special invitation. If you or anyone you know is ready for more confidence, clarity and fulfillment in the new year. Let coaching help to get you there faster. I'll begin new coaching programs in January. There's no better time than right now to commit to getting the help you need to move toward your dreams. Go to my website today at www.lindastevensjones.com S-T-E-P-H-E-N-S, J-O-N-E-S. S-T-E-P-H-E-N-S-J-O-N-E-S.com for information and to sign up. I want to give a shout out before I close to each of you listening who will pause for a moment from the hustle and bustle and noise of Christmas to hear and reflect upon what this season truly means. Listen to the song Silent Night. You'll get it. Listeners and callers, thank you, thank you for being a part of this community and for your awesome support all year long. I hope something said has encouraged you today. Please set your smartphones and mark your calendars to join us for the next broadcast again on January 3rd right here at 12 noon. Until then, have a merry, merry Christmas and stay blessed.